uh, before we start this episode, I am going to let all listeners know, and if they want to leave now, it's fine, um, that there is a hard trigger warning for discussions of rape and sexual assault in this movie that we will be reviewing today. Uh, we understand if you do not want to listen to this episode for that reason, and your listenership is appreciated on all other episodes, and your choice to not listen to this is, un- is appreciated and understanded completely. Now for the episode. Hello and welcome to The Outliers, the podcast where we talk about everything, including movies and other stuff. I am your great host, Lord Hirschbiel, Count of Farm Sylvania. And with me, as always, is Tyler. Uh, King Tyler of Newark, York. Ooh, you, you, you went, you like, you went, you uptitled me. Yeah, <laughs> I had I couldn't, I couldn't come up with another medieval title, so I was just like, "Oh, uh, King." She could have gone with Squire after all the fucking times they said it in this movie. That is true. I I I, I was on the spot. I was like, I, it was I, it was like um, it was like a slot machine, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my brain was sp- spinning spinning through a bunch of titles, and then I just hit the button. I was like, "Oh, King." <laughs> all right uh tyler what are we talking about today today we were talking about ridley scott's newest movie the last duel which released this weekend i believe all right so as we do with movies um let's get our overall thoughts out of the way first also this is like this will be the sport let's do spoiler free discussion first yeah so this is interesting because uh we haven't done a, a new recent movie. movie yeah like a movie came out like by the time this will be posted like four days ago three days ago yeah so <clears throat> um we watched the movie yesterday we were gonna record immediately after but we need we decided we need some time to collect our thoughts but we're pretty much fresh out of the theater with this one which is like a sign of a good movie yeah. like that we were just able to like oh cool fuck yeah let's go let's think let's sit on our thoughts so we can like have a proper um well, while we get well, first, while we talk about like our overall opinions on like how if we like the movie or not, and if people should go see it, I liked it. I should go see it. Obviously, as I said at the beginning, of, uh, beginning of the episode, there's a hard trigger warning to go see this movie. But yeah, there's yeah. it was a really good movie. Our uh, our review gives you more of a trigger warning than the movie does. <laughs> um, and that's 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 kind of I, something that like I haven't even realized. Like, man, we really should be putting trigger warnings at the ticket sales. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like just how explicit that was. Because um, I I didn't really know anything about the movie other than like I know this movie's got a stacked cast and it's a Ridley Scott movie and it looks pretty dope. I don't think I really saw any of the like full length trailers. I saw some TV spots, um, but. I had no idea <laughs> about that, and I'm, I'm and I'm lucky to have been somebody who had not experienced anything like that. So, mm-hmm. man, this is just a. I'm very uncomfortable right now, but it's not a deal breaker. But it can be for a lot of people. But, and I mean, it's like one of those things. Maybe you want to watch at home when you can watch it on your own time with time to process everything appropriately. Yeah um that being said it's also a very long movie yes it is two and a half hours yeah uh so somebody in our theater 
like towards like oh my god towards the end of the movie um you siri on his phone so we're just sitting there watching the movie and somebody's siri goes off like the last duel it has a runtime of two hours <laughs> and 33 minutes <laughs> they kept doing shit and then they started playing music towards the very end of the movie yeah, because they're just like on their phones. Because I guess people were bored because it's long. Um, yeah. Which I don't really I, like. I have a problem with long movies personally because my attention span has been degraded by the internet era. But I at least know to cut that shit out in a theater. And it's also like I think there's a difference between like texting somebody or like googling something versus like having your sound on. Yeah, so I like there was a couple times where I had to go. I like went to go refer to Letterbox because I wanted to know oh who was cast, who who which actor was playing this role, or mm-hmm. I wanted. I really wanted. To, I really wanted to know who the writers were at some point. Turns out it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck writing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I Nicole. Will, I, will find the, I will find the third writer's moment. Uh, Nicole Holofessner. Holofess. I'm so per- sorry if I'm. Uh, butchering her last name. Yeah. Um, uh, Nicole oh, Hoffner was born on March 22nd, New Year's Day. Blah blah. She is a director and writer known enough for enough said. Friends with money. Can you ever forgive me? And she, yeah, yeah. So I was in. I was really interested in who wrote this film, and turns out the three of them did. I'm sure there was pr- plenty of more writers, but they're the ones that so are. Credited. Those are. I want to see what writing credits are. Land of steady habits. Can you ever forgive me? every secret thing making a scene enough said please give uh friends with money ready or not tv series walking and talking lovely and amazing she's she's a lot of credits actually she was also a producer for the last duel yeah so um props to her and she did a and she played herself in bojack horseman oh really or no, she played, she did a voice in Bojack Horseman, it doesn't say who. Oh, wait, yeah, no, it says indie filmmaker. Yeah, she plays herself, indie that's, filmmaker. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. shout out to her. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck also did a really good job with this script. And like, I think people do not know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are very good writers. Like, they have good they, writing credits to their name. They, they wrote Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, and uh, I think Ben Affleck wrote The Accountant. Accountant. Yeah he's he's uh they're both very very yeah. talented writers yeah um but they I, I think they did a book they did a great job uh like a lot of the movies that the problems that i have mm. uh, but uh before we go on talking about like individual performances and who's in the movie i do want to say if you're going it because this is a ridley scott movie Ridley Scott has in terms of historical movies has made gladiator and i can't really think of anything else yeah, I'm not. I'm not very. I I I know. I'm not very well versed uh, with Ridley Scott's filmography. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he made Gladiator. Is the only other historical movie I can find. Yeah. Um. And if you're expecting to go see Gladiator, you are going to be very disappointed. Yeah, it, it's it's very different vibe, but um. Ridley Scott is an incredibly talented director. Um, this is this, the last <clears throat> is a fantastically directed movie. 
again, as I was saying before, like a lot of the problems I do have the movie with the movie do come from the script, but in terms of directing, Ridley Scott is and incredible. I feel like if those are the same problems I have that you might have, I think it might come from the fact that they do go very accurate because this is based off a true story. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the biggest ridicules Ridley Scott got when he made Gladiator that was like not historical accurate whatsoever. Yeah. And I think he might have like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, I hear your reviews. I'm going to make a movie that's way too historically accurate. Yeah. I mean, in, ter- in terms of historical accuracy, I, I don't care. <laughs> straight up especially um, unless it's like egregiously misrepresenting people yeah um that's the problem but other than that like a film is a film uh so do you want to go down the uh who's in this movie we could talk about so like ridley scott we kind of already talked about yeah we talked about the writers too um we have jodie comer yeah and she's i definitely say the only sympathetic character in this movie well maybe not like there's a thing like in matt damon's story he seems a lot more sympathetic well okay so what's really interesting about this movie is it's divided into three chapters and you get the same story from three different perspectives so in each of their individual stories each character makes themselves to be Mm -hmm. either we can talk about the twist with her her version of the story though when we get to it because that her her they when they do they do something very interesting that I didn't really think about until you pointed it out while we were driving back from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Matt Damon uh, as Sir Jean de Carouges Carouges Carouge Carouge. Um, how did you think Matt Damon did in this movie? I think he did all right. Uh, it took me a while. Like I knew it was I knew it was Matt Damon, but they did a really good job at like transforming his appearance so it doesn't really look like it's Matt Damon. Um, very different role for him. Yeah. He um and also like I like that they didn't make him try too hard at an English accent. Like they didn't like they didn't like fuck around too much with accents so there's no like and i know they were all french but like i think they did a good job of the accents they chose everybody to do yeah um adam driver as jacques legris jacques legris yes um adam driver was probably my favorite casting in the movie yeah he did he um he's a much stronger actor than anyone else than me except for uh jody Carmer, maybe but he's a very strong actor. Yeah, honestly, like I, I will go see anything with Adam Driver straight up. It's a shame he's a strong actor. He does not like cast himself in many things, in my opinion. That like I think could be more of a challenge to him, like this. Yeah, because I'm. What was the last the one thing he was in? Like what Marriage Story is like as uh, acclaimed that movie is. I don't think like I think how do I say? I think for an actor of that scale, movies like that can be very easy. Yeah. I know that's um he was he's he was in um that movie Annette recently and he's going to be in Ridley Scott's next movie which is coming out soon called uh House of uh, Gucci yes which I'm very excited to see yes when we talk about trailers we can talk about uh oh there wasn't a trailer for that though was there no there wasn't a trailer for that one in in this movie but there is a trailer for it out and I think it's coming out this year 
Yeah, 2021 film. Um, I'm going to guess it's probably November. Yeah, it's a November release. I was going to guess Christmas release. Ridley Scott's got two back-to-back movies, pretty much, coming out a month from each other. That's that's interesting. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about Jodie Cormer. Again, I think she was probably the strongest performance in this, because given what her... She kind of gives three totally different performances in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um. And- she comes across as like almost childish and innocent in Jean de Cruz's uh, telling. We could talk, but you know, like we can talk about that as we go on. Um, Harriet Waltress, Nicole de Cruz's, uh, Jean de Cruz's mother. Uh, ben Affleck as Pierre Delacombe. What do you think? Ben Affleck had a very interesting performance i also didn't realize ben affleck was in this movie until you told me afterwards because he's blonde oh yeah that's a blonde ben affleck you're seeing and which is a jarring ben affleck it's 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 great (laughs) but i was like (laughs) i looked at his face like oh my god that's i was like i knew ben affleck was in the movie and then i saw him i'm like Oh my God, that's what Ben Affleck is doing. <laughs> and now I'm going to go into some of the lesser roles. You have King Charles VI, who we'll talk about the actual King Charles VI in this podcast because he's somebody worth talking to. Um, is played by Alex Lothar, which was funny that he was in that because we've been talking about him for a class earlier this week. But anyway, yeah. What did you think of Alex Lothar as King Charles VI? I think he did a really good job of being like uh, a youthful um, king, you know, because he's 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 got he's like very like composed, like you know he's but like been trained to say what things that the, the king should say, but he's also kind of like uh, he's he's kind of silly. He's he's here for fun. Um, he's very he's like excited by the prospect of this duel a little bit. Like he has to like have some sort of professionalism, but he like you could see like his facial expressions when he's like like oh that's pretty sick because <laughs> he's like he's still pretty much like a kid um yeah so like uh medieval hierarchy systems are stupid and we know that um mm-hmm. everyone's like I, I before we, you dive into this i also want to give credit to serena kennedy who played queen is uh isabel 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 is a french queen french name and uh, she didn't speak at all, but she did a very good job with the non-speaking role. And you don't get to see those very often. No, and I think I think that's really comes down to Ridley Scott as a director, um, being able to understand how to direct actors and to get the best um, expressions from subtle facial movements. And uh, the queen, I like, I, I, she might have like a line or two, and I don't remember. I don't know. She has no. I, I like if, if, I think she really doesn't have anything. But no, uh, but I like her there. That she does fairly good performance for again, yeah. like we said, for a character with no speaking roles. Like that we noticed. Like that's the thing. Like she, she is empathetic with no lines, pretty much. And that's pretty yes. Um, but all. All in all, fantastic cast. Yep. Um, just like so, like, how would you rate this movie before we get into like the nitty gritty? Um, 
I I personally gave it a three and a half stars, but honestly, like I'm probably gonna bump that up to a four. Mm. Yeah, it's you know what, it's one of those movies where like it, I liked it, but it's not exactly great. I on a ten out ten stars, I would probably give it like a seven point nine or seven point five out of ten. Yeah, but um, the even though it's an important part of the movie, the repeating the scenes does get repetitive at points yeah um and i was like i i, I they, they like straight up like reuse shots mm-hmm. and it's very noticeable and i understand why because why would you need to shoot that scene again if you're just gonna show it from a different perspective mm-hmm. but I was, there, there are parts where I'm like, I, I know what happens here. I just watched it like 30 minutes ago from the yeah. other guy's perspective. Um, so I'm just like, uh, cool. So it's this, I, when, when it first happened, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting because it's like a different twist on what we just saw in the beginning of the movie. There's also great, even though action is not what you were going to watch this movie for, there's great action scenes in this movie. Yeah. There, Particularly there are- the ending, but like in jean Le Cruz's story um there's a lot of action and i mean we'll talk about that when we talk about jean Le Cruz's story but yes um it's relatively like it's it's very short for the most part so like every time there's like a big action scene like you'll get a like a bit of it and then it cuts away to it from it mm-hmm. um but which in the context of the movie makes sense i think Oh, it makes it makes perfect I'm sense. I'm kind of interested to see what the director's cut of this movie will look like. It will be like five hours long, but Ridley Scott director's cuts are famously like sometimes better than the movie. Yeah. Um, the actual last duel from the title of the movie. So this isn't really a spoiler because like it's like <coughs> what this movie is about mm-hmm. is pretty fucking epic and it won't disappoint. Um you 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 wait for it for a bit but then it actually happens and like i i it, it delivered um <laughs> uh, but yeah i think they did a really good job with the action there there's like the the visual like uh style of the film like the way they've recreated 1300s france is really impressive like there's this like two second long like landscape shot of paris that really that like it, it lasts for like maybe two three seconds but i was just like that's gorgeous and it like, yeah, like there's one scene brain. i want to talk about particularly and it's it, there's a church the church when they show it, that scene in particular there's something very this was a grim beautiful movie like that is the best way i think you could describe this movie grim and beautiful yeah. it, it, it's it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good <laughs> at no, all No, it doesn't but like looks good it's like one of those movies where it's like you're glad somebody does something, but not for the sake of that person. It's because it kind of saves someone else, but you still think that other person sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's a semi-happy ending for the main character, the character who I'd argue is the main character. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's just like it's 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 a big it's a real downer film. But yeah. I, I will say this. This is a movie I plan on watching again. Um i'm probably not going to because i have so many other movies that i need to watch yeah well i'm saying once i have the time to watch movies ever again 
Yeah. Anyway, um, so we're going to start getting spoiler territory and talk about the movie itself. So, you know, if you don't want to hear spoilers, go watch the movie and then you can come back to this episode. If you don't care about spoilers, we're going to talk about the movie some. And mm-hmm. don't worry, we will also give trigger warnings to when we're about to talk about the worst topics. But again, just a trigger warning, there is going to be discussions of sexual assault within when talking about this movie. Yes, so I hope we'll, you've all seen we'll it. We'll not go into detail or be too graphic about it, but we will do we'll do our best to talk about it respectfully. Movie does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The movie, on the other hand, there is is going to be a very uncomfortable watch. Yeah. All right. So we're into spoiler territory now. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, you've last seen warning. The movie? Three, um, two, one, spoiler talk. So by the way. Was that Adam Driver's real dick? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I forgot we saw his dick at the end. The, the biggest spoiler. I, I'm gonna but... take a guess and say that was probably a mannequin. Um, oh no, it absolutely was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest spoiler. Uh... <laughs> anyway, why don't we start from the beginning though? Before we start talking about Adam Adam Driver dead and naked. Um, yeah. Spoiler: Adam Driver dies. Um, in real life, like they just like Adam Driver's dad. They just cloned yeah. him. So I don't know. <laughs> that's a different person that they have in House of Gucci. Um, but yeah. So from from the beginning. Uh, so the, the movie opens. The, yeah, the movie opens with the first with the joust. We get a glimpse of the. Yeah, aided last duel. We have Matt Damon and Adam Driver, Jean de Cruz, and Jacques Legris um, suiting up. Uh, and there's they're suiting up, and this is also cut with um, um, sorry. Marguerite de Cruz is uh, dressing up in like this very black dower dress that covers pretty much her from like the chin everywhere but the chin up. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was an interesting choice in cost. Like, I don't know if that was trying to attempt to be accurate or not, but like, I really liked that like hot bit of costume yeah. and detail. The fact like even her neck was covered. Yeah, in terms of historical detail, I have no idea. I find medieval history incredibly boring for the most part. I'm taking a medieval history class for the first part. And, like, from what I understand about, under, like, you know why we call it the Dark Ages? Yeah. It's not because it was grim or, like, dark. I mean, it was, but, like, it's because we don't have great records of it like it is a fuck you of knowing accuracy of anything in that time. so like i'm assuming the movie's fairly accurate i'm not gonna say it was 100 percent accurate but yeah as accurate as they can get i think um but yeah like yeah. I, I i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and like pretend i know almost anything from a historical perspective so, I, so i'm looking at a review from a historian the movie is 75 percent historically accurate maybe more that's that's a good i think that's a good percentage and they did specify this is working off of the fact that they do not have a 100 percent story of the true story but right i mean when you're working on again the dark ages a famously not well recorded period of time yeah honestly there's there's a lot of creative freedom that you can have and that's what i, I appreciate movies um set around that time a lot because like they can get uh their creative liberties a lot more Mm -hmm. 
because they're probably not going to be as heavily scrutinized for not being historically <clears throat> accurate because one how many people actually know enough of the history or care mm-hmm. about yeah, exactly and there's a lot of uh uh realm to be um more creative with it because if you just make up a story set within that time people are just going to assume that it either sure this is history or is like you can you get a lot of fantasy stories from there too so um normally i wouldn't give a crap about a, a for, about like a movie like this but um i w- i was i was hooked in for most of it I I missed the title card in the first chapter. Um, I was like, oh, wow, this is, a, this is another movie that's uh, split into t- chapters. I didn't read, like, I, I mean, I probably the did. Truth, the Truth According to Jean, Jean LaCruz. Jean Le yeah, so I didn't realize, like, what the shtick with this movie was. Mm-hmm. So I was watching his story, and I was kind of bored out of my mind for a bit because I didn't really understand it. And then chapter two hits, and it's just like the truth according to Jacques Legree. And I was just like, oh, it makes sense now. That's why it's divided into chapters. And, it, and then, like, you get to re experience that first scene in um, Caruja's story mm-hmm. from the Gris perspective. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so much cooler than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So let's talk about. So, yeah, uh, just finishing up the before, like that first scene, they, we have a joust, and that sets the tone of the movies. Like, these two guys will fight each other to the death. Um, then there was. So then we get into the first, you know, chapter one The Truth According to Jean Le Cruz. The Cruz. Jean Cruz. The Cruz. Yeah, the Cruz. Um, yeah, the, according to Matt Damon. Um, so first we get like a battle there's like people being held hostage by invading army given it's a hundred years war i'm assuming it's britain probably um they decapitate the the people and he charges with the army down into battle and you know he and lugris fight he gets knocked on his horse and he fights like a savage through um through the battle and saves Lacruz's life, uh, Le life. Yeah. Um, and so, th- throughout the whole of the movie, that's the theme we pick up on Matt, Matt Damon's characters. He's good at two things being a godly man and being a man of war. Yeah. He's, he is very much a warrior, but also the way he portrays himself, he's, just, he, in in uh in his truth there's one moment that made me like that really drove in the fact to me that this is a very exaggerated story from his point of view Mm -hmm. and i I, i'm gonna take a guess you'll probably know what it is too but we'll talk about when we get there so then we were introduced to you know we're set up that he comes from a long line of captains of this one fort um they go to that fort and uh we see that you know he's established to be like a good warrior. Him and Legris then meet uh, Pierre. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, who we right off the bat know does not like um, Matt Damon's character. No, he does not. And like, in the beginning, you're like, what does what did Matt Damon do? Like, why does he not like this guy? He's 
he's a good warrior, a good guy. He's he, he does everything for this man. So what is there not to like about him? Why does why does Pierre have a, such a stick up his butt about uh, Matt Damon? Um, and that becomes very clear once we get into the other stories. <clears throat> yeah, but then again, like I said, we, the only stories we can say are fairly accurate. The ones from the J- J- uh, from Jodie Cormer's character's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, so we get the idea. And, and like, we agree, Pierre's kind of a dick. Oh, no, Pierre's an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. But I kind of like him. He's like, a, he's like a fun piece of shit. Yeah. He's kind of like, what if Tyrion was tall and also a bigger piece of shit? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I like, um, I like it when writers are also actors in their movie. So... Mm. I'm just imagining like in the writer's room and Ben Affleck is just like, okay, so I'm going to be this douchebag who has a lot of sex. <laughs> and that's my character. Uh, uh, like Ben, is there any reason you wrote yourself five different sex scenes? No reason. None at all. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That's just my character. It's not me. I promise. <laughs> <clears throat> So yeah, we we then in, so continuing John Cruz's, we then get like a scene that kind of flashes forward a little, and we see that you know at this point from his point of view, uh, Ligris uh, Adam Driver has been sent by Pierre, who it's become clear that they began working. He's began working for Pierre at this point uh, to go collect taxes from his lords, including uh, the Cruz's. Um, who he said who and you know de Cruz just doesn't have the money because like yields are down and whatnot yeah um it's the plague time too yeah 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 and matt damon has lost his wife and child to the plague and they come back again and he is going to war and he says well you know i need to go to war because i'm broke i don't have money so I, this is how i go get money <laughs> and that's also when we get the reveal that his child and mother and wife had died. Yeah. But then she met ma- then he marries. Yeah, but first he's in the Battle of Normandy. The first, the not that one, the other one. Um that was a pretty brutal scene, right? Oh yeah. Because I think he like kills a guy with the hilt of his sword, and then he bludgeons a dude to death with his own uh, chain mail. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's the, the, there's like a slow bit during this where he's just like, um, he's just like, oh, I have all this property I don't anymore actually. Uh, and then then there's like, then he has to work out deals with uh his new wife's father and and she and he lost a bunch of land because I I think he was yeah. a traitor. Um, when he was supposed and then like you know when they get married he was supposed to get a plot of land from his marriage but it actually was gifted to Legris by what's his name pierre pierre well that's at least what john says in his story yeah i mean i, I think that is what happened like Legree yeah. was gifted that plot but Legris tells a different version of that point of that story yeah which and i thought was interesting his was the the most inaccurate like i think 
Legris has the most inaccurate telling of it. I think Jean's is accurate to degrees. And I yeah. think uh, Marguerite's is the the most accurate. And we can talk about why that, I mean, besides the fact, like we can talk about the thing they do that I think is like why we're supposed to interpret her version as the truth and nothing but yeah. the truth. They, they don't really make it very subtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, so she's supposed to have a, like a dowry on that land and like she's like man i really want there's like the the tallest tree and then we built, we built a swing on it and uh he sues pierre to get that land back and pierre's like fuck you that's that's a dick move um and i'll and that kind of sense yeah. and then we get even down a downward spiral out of favor yeah. of everybody and then it's revealed that um he will no longer be captain of his land yeah so he goes and he politely has a conversation sharing his thoughts of how he feels betrayed with pierre and then he retells how that happened when his feet is being washed by his wife marguerite a very polite encounter um at least that's what he says because uh, in Matt Damon's story, he he approaches Pierre and he's just like, "Hey, look, dude. Uh, I I fought for this. I was supposed to have this for like twenty years. Uh, it would be cool if you can give it back." And then it cuts away to him retelling the story. I was like, "Yeah, no, I was very, I was angry, of course, but I was very like, you know, polite." Mm-hmm. And then we'll, <laughs> when we talk about Adam Driver's story, we'll we'll talk about why that's one of the moments I feel like probably not that true. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take Legree's word on that one. <laughs> so then he goes to campaign in Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool ass scene. I also think fucking bullshit scene for one reason. Um, so we get them walking through the Scottish woods, and suddenly arrows start like they're filling up water and an arrow hits a dude in the face and they're ambushed and like arrows are bouncing off his armor and like hitting people around him and people are running away he goes why do they run and then unsheathes the sword come on for the king and charges like i think that was him probably embellishing like i was so brave like without my helmet on and you know arrows bouncing off me like i believe he probably fought i don't think it was like that though yeah but nobody else was there to yeah give us and these also made a night at this point um which when he returns to is a big point of contention for him so he returns he now must go collect money for from his campaign from the king so he has to go to paris and then when he returns from paris there's clearly something wrong with Marguerite um, and is revealed that she was assaulted by Adam Driver or Ligris. Um, to he takes this as a horrible crime being committed against her. So he cleverly plots a plan to spread the information of this and knowing that he cannot win the courts, uh, ask the king for a duel king charles the sixth and the king says it's been outlawed but actually it's not and it, they legally can have a duel yeah i think the king just wanted to see it happen <laughs> yeah so like do you want me to talk about charles the sixth now or like sure. a little later let's, let's get um, well. charles the sixth was known as the mad king 
Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely can get that vibe. He is known for his mental illness and psychotic episodes, which plagued him through his life. Um, We can talk about this. Um, His episode at first, he had his first episode in uh, in 1392, when his his friend and advisor Olive de Clinton was a victim of an attempted murder, uh, Charles determined the punish would be assassin would be Pierre de, de Caron. Funny thing to come up, right? Who had taken refuge in Brittany um, and was unwilling to hand him over. Uh, basically, long story short, he just like had like convictions about things, um, and you know his in his mental illness, he like couldn't remember the name his his own name and had other things happen oh. um and he was basically like yeah basically it sounds like he had dementia throughout his entire life almost that's unfortunate and was probably schizophrenic um i think he also like at one point in his life believed his bones were made of glass so yeah very very not well man and I think they get that across fairly well. Yeah, he's he's definitely got a few screws loose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in the film. Yep. But I I really do just straight up thing is like you know what law says one thing, but I don't care. I kind of just want to see a duel because it'll probably be fun to watch. Yeah. So now then we have the truth according to Jacques Legris. Ooh. And in the truth, according to Jacques Legris, we get the first divergence from the story, which is him repeating the first scene. But this time, it's this time, Jean foolishly rushes into battle without thinking, and he goes and saves him. Yeah. Given how things go at the end of the movie, I believed it was the other way around. Yeah, probably. Because, um, put it this way, Jean wasn't the one hanging naked after the duel. Um, yeah. But it was also, like, I, I, I did like the extra bit of dialogue that they added here, where they're just like, is this guy fucking stupid? We were, so, like... <laughs> and that, yeah. Because they were supposed to hold the bridge. Jacques tells a story that, like, Jean is almost like a like as something he's my friend but he's an ill-guided man he's an ill-guided person is I think how Jacques' yeah. story comes across in my and that's again my opinion he's brash and impulsive he's just like yeah uh, so then we see the growing friendship between Jacques and Pierre um and what do we learn about? And I think at this time we just learned uh, Jacques. Is, we learned learn one of two things. He came from nothing. Yeah. And managed to become a squire brain. and likes fucking. He, he's got a big brain and apparently a big something else because, man, this dude pulls. Uh, yes, there's like. Uh, we I, i've all i've you know we've talked like we talked about this this isn't the rapiest part but yeah there's you get the idea it sounds like he takes what he wants early on in the movie which is a bad thing for everybody else that's not him right because he has like he he, he feels he seems so entitled to everything and like he just gets so many women that like 
the one that he actually wants he can't have but she's he's just Ooh, like, wait we met, left out part of this of john so john tells the story of when they make amends they think they make amends when one of his friends is uh, announces that he's with a child so has a celebration yeah and at this it shows him going and he says he sees what's his name he says there shall not be ill will between us they shake hands uh, and then to show goodwill, he has for his wife to give uh, Jacques a kiss. And he kind of glosses over the kiss in his original story, but he makes it seem as I am the I am the man who, uh, you know, decided to take the high road. Yeah. So, like, when we see that scene again from... When, when we see that kiss from Jacques' perspective, it's just like... You're just like whoa <laughs> that was fucking awesome but like in john and both and marguerite's it was like a really quick thing yeah and hers actually gets across the fact it was a very uncomfortable for her is what i thought was interesting about her version of it yeah i mean the whole thing is really weird so i would i wouldn't really be comfortable with it either but uh I think it was like a common tradition to like show yeah. like it's good wit. It's it's just uh, men being weird, and that's just just dudes being thing. dudes. It's that's a very common thing in the history and in this film where it's just like, um, I th- I think Marguerite's uh, story does it really well, but like men suck. <laughs> Yeah, yes, I think um, that's it. I think that's the best. Honestly, like that. If there's if there's any message in this movie, it's the patriarchy needs to die. <laughs> I think the, the the other title for this movie could have been "Yes, Men Are Terrible." Yeah, <laughs> it's like listen, two guys wrote this movie, and the women writer kept reminding us that the men are terrible, and we are well aware of it, and we deserve and we deserve to know how terrible we are as like a gender. Yes. And we're saying this as two men <laughs> that are yeah. very, yes. very well aware. Yeah, we, we know we're terrible. Our existence has definitely, like, uh, males have caused more misery than good. Um, yeah, and, that's, and that, that's a lot of what... I'm not saying, like, all men are bastard. I'm just saying a great majority of us are. And if you're... Yeah, so it's, 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 it's really uncomfortable. But, like, it, the way... Uh, like her yeah. like bodily autonomy is just like completely taken away and she's treated like properly. We talk about her version of the story. We'll talk about something yeah. early on in her version of the story that like really made me go like, oh fucking Christ, this is brutal. Um yeah. before the horrible thing happens. So the Gris, then we get, you know, throughout his version of the story, one of the things we keep getting is that like he is, you know, he's he's being so generous looking out for his friend Jean and like keeps trying and gives him all these, he makes himself seem very generous and then takes great offense to when he's getting sued. Yeah. Um, and he, it, and like, he's living a high life of luxury. Oh, absolutely. He's best friends with one of the most powerful people in the country. He gets anything he wants pretty much. Yeah. He's- just gifted a large valuable plot of land he's he's got everything pretty much but the one thing he truly wants is yes his wife yes and he now here's the thing the way his version of events go and by the way trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning we're going to talk about it 
it's still rape. Yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't expecting that uh, from his side of the story, because um, I, I I thought he would like cleanse it up uh, to make it seem more consensual than well, it there's actually minor was. No, th- there's minor things in his side of the story, but that we can talk about. But like, um, so the first thing though before that though is he implies that there is this like deep conversation of Ben. Yeah, the, when they're talking about books and stuff and how they're both very intelligent people. And she's mm. like, what you, and, and then he's like, what do you think him and his wife even talk about? Yeah. And like, he, uh, he, I'm just like, he, oh, I have such a connection with her because she knows books and I know books. Yeah. We're both like smart people. Fun fact, having one thing in common does not mean that person's in love with you. Yeah, that also like when she's like you really only want her because you can't have her too Uh, yeah and i think that's made very clear um it's just that she's so out of reach that and the one thing that he actually wants is unattainable so he's gonna do what like he's completely like driven by this sick desire for her Cause he's just like, I have these feelings and I do not know how to express them or get rid of them. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go rape her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now the thing is, um, he says this later on, but he says, Oh, she protested, but in the way that like a proper lady would when, and like makes it seem like it was God, I I'm going to hate saying this makes it seem like she, it sounds like she wanted it, even though she clearly didn't. And in, in yeah. every like, oh God, I I hate myself for even saying <laughs> saying that. Yeah, no, it's really it's really fucked up. <laughs> but like, like I was saying before, and like this, I was like, okay, this is the truth according to him. He's probably going to like clean the story up to me. Yeah, it and like he makes it seem like she took her own shoes off, and she was rather not as violent about it as his as the true version of it is yeah no but it's still like really bad <laughs> yeah and then it's sh- his own perspective yeah no i i'm like not defending him at all it's it, it's a very disturbing and then like it is by no means what is what he does right or good or anything like i think we without like, a doubt we could say he's probably the worst character in this movie yeah i mean john is no better but like not as bad as John hasn't didn't rape anybody. <laughs> well, that we know of, I guess. Is I guess. it was the medieval ages. I like I'm I'm not willing to put my money down on saying, well, John didn't do anything wrong. Oh, he did a lot wrong. He's very abusive, which we find out from Marguerite's perspective. Yeah. Uh, but from and well, and like you know, there's the whole thing of like he doesn't view her assault like as a slight as his wife being horribly attacked. He views it as a slight against him, right? Because she's essentially his property, and you violated my property. Yeah, which is fucked up. Like it's not like a fucked up for the time. It's not fucked up for our times. It's just a fucked up thing. Oh, it's absolutely. Because uh, this radical take here, Tyler, people should not be property. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, 
Eddie, if you if you disagree with that, uh, stop listening. <laughs> if you disagree with that, stop listening. But also give us your address. Yeah. Where you can, or you can like you know keep listening and give us the the revenue and just stay mad. Right, but no, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean I don't say I hate you in the sense like I I don't like you. I mean I actively think bad things should happen to you. Yeah, but stay mad and keep listening. <laughs> Because uh, we could use the listens, but anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So then he shows that he does confess what he did, but he says, "Oh, it was we both. We both wanted it." Blah blah blah. Which is not true at all. So, um. When when I first found out about like in, in John's story when she's like it was Legree that did it I'm just like is this is this girl like that like I'm and I'm not saying I don't believe her but I'm like dead ass he did it like he, dude's got like a lot to lose and I don't I wasn't sure <laughs> like the, the circumstances at first seemed kind of fishy because I'm like okay so there's zero r- witnesses and this is such a high profile person and I was and I was kind of still under the assumption that they were friendly with each other so yeah like, but like as each story goes on it, it becomes clear they weren't absolutely yeah um and of course in his version of the story when they have the whole scene before the assault they he makes it seem like they that he pat that he's the one who said oh shall there be no ill will and Mm -hmm. that he's the one who the reason why they're getting along that they got along briefly the time they did yeah then we of course have the leading up to his leading up in the court and his scene in court i won't talk about because he did such a good job with the movements of presenting his evidence to um king crazy guy yeah i think the court scenes were all really good yeah you know what like for a movie where you wouldn't particularly think the court scenes being the strongest part of the movie they were really strong yeah absolutely i I didn't expect that but i was just like oh wow especially when you see i'm like i've seen this court scene already uh then they twist it when you go go to it again and then, like, yeah. Legree's presenting his piece, which obviously he's wrong, but delivery is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the third time we visit the court scene is probably is definitely the best, though. From her, yeah, I mean, it's also the hardest to watch version of it. Yeah because it's accurate from a woman's perspective and boy is that perspective that was just a living hell in this period of time oh yeah for sure yeah so let's speak in women's perspective let's talk about the truth yeah so uh this when we see the chapter three pop up like the truth according to lady marguerite uh the lady marguerite uh fades away and it's just left with the truth um which which was a good decision on their part yeah uh because like this one doesn't feel like an embellished version of the story because a a huge a huge theme of like going throughout the movie is how everybody is so focused on preserving their legacy or just like 
I must make my impact. Yes, yeah. her perspective of being married off is like more is less. It seems less like a joining of happy marriage and more like a livestock deal, mm-hmm. which is kind of what it was. God, I hate having to have said that, but that's basically what her marriage was to her husband and her father because her father needed was was a trader, mm-hmm. and it needed essentially needed good credit i guess i don't know how i don't know what the he needed it back in because he was a trader and his obviously was on the outs with everybody else so yeah so yeah things are already not going well for her no and they only get worse um A, a saying that i feel like applies to very well to this period of time but wait it gets worse but wait actually <laughs> um yeah so like it you know also revealed that she he brings her no pleasure which becomes a, like point, a point of contention in the trial because they think it's a scientific fact that if the woman isn't uh sufficiently pleasured that it's impossible to get pregnant yeah and therefore when she is pregnant the child if the child is not uh jean's it is therefore uh, jacques which means that it was not actually rape yeah because she must have liked it if if she was if she got pregnant by it which is a disgusting and something a, a, a sitting senator has said too. Oh, something I, I like I have point I want to point out. It's yeah. like they're um, like it's it's impossible to get pregnant by rape. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's a whole it's a room full of men who have no idea what they're talking about or how women's yeah. bodies work. And like you know, we're also revealed this is something that's happened. Jean's mother says that this has happened to her and she kept her silence on the, the matter and gets angry like i mean we could talk about that more when we get into i mean so let's talk so her yeah her offense is that's one of the things um yeah so that's one of the things that comes up early on in her version of the events she then goes over the period of time where he's gone in scotland and that's probably the main focus because it shows she actually runs the land a lot better than he was able to mm-hmm. um and it was actually healthier when before during that period of time too when she was running the land yeah everything was going pretty well <laughs> and then adam driver shows up <laughs> turns out when you have a stubborn man uh dictating what happens uh around the place and doesn't actually want to listen to anybody especially people who know what they're talking about just because they think their way is right. Things are going to be bad. Yeah. But when he comes back... <laughs> he also gets pissed at her because she has, like, a low-cut dress. It's like, how dare you show me your titties? <laughs> God damn it, Tyler. <laughs> that's essentially what he does. I mean, yes, that is, like, essentially what he, he says, says, but just the way you said that just was a <laughs> goddamn it, Tyler moment. Um, it was just like, have you no modesty? <laughs> I 
I was just like, what? I thought you'd be excited to see me when you came back from being gone for so long. <laughs> when you came back from war and smelling awful, because that's all we do in this period of time. It's like, I thought you'd want to see some titty. And he's just like, uh, oh, yeah. no modesty, woman. Yeah, his religiousness is made very clear in her. Anyway, she's attacked, and it is a much more violent account than the one Jacques gave and horrible, horrible scene to watch. I don't really want to talk about it because of how horrible really it was either. to watch. It's... But we, I mean, I think what we can say though is it was a horrible scene to witness. Uh-huh. And, uh... Um, and obviously like less traumatizing for us because it was, I mean, yeah, it was less traumatizing for us than I think it could be for many people out there. Yeah, so, so I've never experienced anything like that. So, like, I was watching them. Like, I'm very uncomfortable, and I can't imagine how hard it would be to like, yeah. be a survivor of this and having to watch it on a screen. Yeah, like, that made me think, like, maybe normalizing trigger warnings for things like that should be, yeah, would be a really good ticket, idea. Like, if, if they have, like, t- trigger and warnings. And, like, here's the thing. I know from the trailer they make it clear. I just did not think they would have a graphic depiction of it. I didn't see the trailers. I kind of just... So, in the trailer, they do they do say, like, that, like, this is a hint. It's just around the account of her claiming that she was raped. But they do not make it clear that they would show the graphic like they basically show a door him and driver showing up and a door closing yeah which uh, i i don't think it like i don't think like an r rating is a sufficient enough warning yeah um so, i mean but like you know i i think we're get we get we get our point across though right like yeah. there should have so, been like a legit yeah yeah so it happens and um but it happens way earlier on into her story than it does mm-hmm. for the other two because the other two like their stories kind of end after this happens yeah so then she goes through like kind of having to live with the consequences she's very traumatized very distant like from like here's the other thing too i i know a handful of survivors who do listen to this podcast that will probably choose to skip this episode um and you know they i think it's the right choice for them to skip this episode mm-hmm. not that i should decide what's good or bad but like i i understand like they're you know the most traumatizing the thing that ever happened to me is i crashed a motorcycle and i would not be one of forced to watch that moment over and over again right so um um you really get to sit with like the emotional trauma that does to somebody mm-hmm. yeah and like you know then kind of seeing people turn at her like one of the things is she said oh yes Jacques is handsome and that again is like a damnation of her and her character yeah it's like how dare you find another man handsome and just because she finds him handsome that doesn't invite him to rape her yeah uh but it's it spends a lot of time with her and her other female friends and yeah uh, it makes it clear kind of what the her story is a very interesting life into what it was like to be a woman at the time yeah um so she's there's a scene where she's talking to john's mother and uh his mother is like like she's pissed off that uh 
Marguerite's going and telling people about it and making a whole big deal out of it. But his mother was like, yeah, I was raped once too. Yeah, and like she said, I'm not I did the right thing. That. Didn't say anything. Uh, but then Marguerite's like, yeah, but how did that make you feel? And she has like a moment where she's like, man, I've not been the same since. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the fuck the the stigma around um talking about sexual assault especially in this time period uh this this i feel like this portion of the movie really like hit home like that man this is like some social commentary on yeah. the now and the fact that that kind of hasn't really even changed <laughs> um, i also think because then in her telling you know like fucking john strangles her out of anger for like having let it happen yeah, she's like, why didn't you fight him off? Like, you yeah. should have pushed him away. And like, yeah, you know, her who, probably, like, her who probably weighs like 110 pounds carrying it, carrying a 20 pound weight. And Adam Driver, who is kind of, okay, like he's shirtless this week. Dude's kind of fucking cut. Oh, absolutely. And he's they also not, like, they did not warrior. make him do Adam Driver wide body like they did in uh, fucking is, Last Jedi. Ben Swallow. <laughs> ben Swallow. Yeah. Oh god. Um no, but like, <laughs> he he's he's pissed at her for letting it happen, but then he's just like, wait a minute, this Legree has insulted me. Yes. Why must this man do evil to me? You you raped my wife, she's mine, you can't have her. And then meanwhile, his wife is just sitting there traumatized. Yeah. Um, by the whole thing yeah it's awful it's awful yeah so her yeah and then the duel is commenced which we find out if her husband is to die in this duel she will then be hung and burned alive for at least 30 to 20 minutes yeah um which he gambles her life on this yeah and like you know to he save, makes to save, like, save his pride and she says like you're not gambling your life you're gambling my life you're gonna leave your child an orphan and i you... like she says my life now depends on which old man dies first yeah um all because he wants to because his pride <laughs> is more important yeah he has to, he cares more about his legacy and his uh, preserving his name than anything else because that's just how it'd be. It's yep. disgusting. But yeah. Um, but I mean, it, like we said, it's it's not a good existence to have to live through at this period of time. Yeah. But eventually, the actual duel commences, mm-hmm. and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like now we we found past the very traumatizing reality of being a woman in this period of time. Yeah um yeah uh the actual duel itself i like it starts so it starts out with the digesting which would have been fairly accurate for the time mm-hmm. and then you have you know the whole it starts out with the jousting and then like they like you know like matt damon runs out of fucking uh lances so then he has to like take an axe to uh Ligris. and i also like they made Ligris's banner a snake yeah, it makes sense. Very fitting. Uh, then he like chucks the axe at the shield. Yeah, and Ligris kills this horse. They both are dismounted. Ligris gets his leg munched up by the horse, basically, because the horse falls on his leg. 
Yeah. Um, very brutal fight once they hop off the horses. Yeah. Very accurate too, because like like when the swords hit, like you just get there's a weight. Uh, the weight of these things hitting each other was insane. Yeah, for sure. Um, it it if it got really like dirty and bloody. Yeah, and brutal. And that you know, there's a point where they're grappling with each other. Yeah, which is accurate too. Like a lot of times, these fights dissolve in accuracy. Um, and then like the camera work. There's this. There's one moment when the shield like bounced off of the camera that like like. I don't know about you, but like, made me go like, "Oh shit!" Like, we're in this. No, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> like, it it's it's incredibly intense, and like, um, given like the tone of the movie so far, I wasn't even actually sure about who the victor would be. Um, yeah. Because like, is this going to go like the typical like you know happy-ish ending route, or is this just going to go full-on depressing, pessimistic? Legree wins and. Uh, the power structure gets its way um yeah and so then we genuine tension throughout i I think in this scene too we get the idea that like jean le cruz was the better fighter clearly because like it's like because you know adam driver only ever takes him down because he gets lucky with like stabbing him in the leg which i thought he was going to die because that looked like his femoral artery but i guess it wasn't i guess he was fine because he just like hops on a horse after and rides around in his house <laughs> um yeah and we yeah that so that was like a fucking brutal like it was a brutal fight and it was awesome um yeah it, it had some real like genuine tension that was like i really it, wasn't sure it really felt right. like we earned it too when we saw it yeah because like also like knowing all sides of the story made the stakes that much higher um because uh each each participant thinks they're so in the right and they have so much to lose um and the stakes are just like incredibly high the tension is absolutely real and then like it pays off in this epic battle adam driver gets deep throated by a sword <laughs> jesus christ tyler it's it, that's that's what happens i mean you're right but yeah well it was a knife too but yeah and i like how when matt damon is above him he's like demanding he confess and adam driver still does not it's like no i, I promise it's not right because like he's he's got he cares more about his character than the actual truth mm-hmm. it's like the heavens be damn damn my soul and he's like, yeah, you're going to suffer damnation, bitch. Like, you're yeah. an awful person. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you're glad Matt Damon wins. Not because you like Matt Damon, but because it means fucking Marguerite doesn't die. Yeah, and, and then Matt Damon dies anyway, at, like, off screen later. Yeah, he dies in the Crusades. Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, good for him. Because <laughs> now, now their son is better off <laughs> without a piece of shit dad yeah um because goddamn was matt damon awful <laughs> like he's definitely like more in the right in this situation than Legree. yeah but like it's that doesn't like- make him a good person yeah it's it's like yeah he he was like the le- least the less the lesser of two evils was the 
right. think the term you you commonly use yeah absolutely so like you want him to win because objectively things would be better and like you know the whole thing is just like god will be on the side of the truth and as shitty as matt damon is he is the side of the truth um yeah in the situation so i was like are we gonna but i was genuinely unsure i'm like are you actually gonna like subvert expectations for a second and say like no it doesn't really always go according to yeah like, sometimes life just sucks and not and it's just not fair so i was i was i was actually genuinely unsure like of course like storytelling wise you should always have most of the time you should have your protagonist succeed in the end but i was genuinely unsure if they're going to subvert that expectation um but they didn't but i'm glad they did because it made for a more satisfying ending i i didn't walk out of that theater feeling as gross (laughs) as you thought you would yeah yeah because i was just like because that ending was satisfying. I was just like, you know what? That was a pretty cool movie. Um, I think all the characters were paid off very well. Um, I didn't realize it was based on a true story. And then it was just like, Karuj was killed in the Crusades. The, and whatever. Um, Which I feel like there's probably not a different way that guy would have wanted to die. Yeah, honestly, like, like, he, his he, characters, he cool. the characterization we get from him is he liked war. Yeah, and honest, and he also just didn't seem to care if he died in battle. Just like if I die, I die, whatever, no big deal. That's kind of what I signed up for. Yeah, but overall, really decent movie. Um, yeah, not for the faint of heart or yeah. people Ooh, have the scene I want to talk about that fucking beautiful shot where like they so they get to like outside of notre dame i think is that the church the church in notre yeah dame. i think it was under construction at the time yeah and like you see them riding out of the arena and it's like right when they hang him and like that shot that has like the crowd outside of it is just amazing like it was like oh, one yeah. of those, it's it it was so good and like you have this like victory march and then you see adam driver getting like dragged in the streets yeah and hung upside down naked and he's just like Ugh. <laughs> uh gruesome imagery but can't say he didn't deserve it <laughs> yep yeah really 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 i i thought i thought the ending was actually very well done yeah i thought this was a good you know and then you have the the, the last scene which is her with her child and i glad they had that scene Oh no, because it because it, it made it feel like it was all worth it. Yeah, um, because in the end, she was able well, to live a happy life with her child. Which is in her story, she says she wants nothing. She wanted nothing more but to be with her child. Yeah, and, and they get that across when you see her at the ending with her yeah. child. Yeah, so seeing her finally ha- like happy with her kid. Her kid's also absolutely adorable. Um, it, it, it made it feel like, you know what, all this crap, it, it, it was worth it. And I, I'm, I'm good for you, girl. Absolutely kill it. <laughs> you deserve this. Yeah. So, good movie. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I, I, this is definitely one of those movies I was glad to have watched. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's intense, not for everybody, uh, mm-hmm. especially, especially if you have like a TikTok attention span like I do. Um, it can be hard to sit through because it's long and not all of it is action-packed excitement. Yeah. Um, but over, it's, it's, it's really solid some really good character work I, I think taking it in direction of like showing uh different perspectives of the same events was really interesting and that's like once I realized that's what was going on like it completely changed how I felt about the movie and I was significantly more interested mm-hmm. uh, and it's I, I it's it's a style of, of uh storytelling I kind of want to see more now um but yeah, it's, I, 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 I can say I recommend it to a lot of people. Not everybody, but I can confidently say, I'm like, yeah, this is a really good movie. Check it out if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, it was a well-made, competently made movie, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good place to end. Tyler, any, any last thoughts? No. Any good trailers you saw while we were there? Uh, I think I saw one trailer for a movie I think I will end up watching, and that was The King's Man. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for The King's Man. Yeah. There, was, there was one other trailer for a movie that I'd have, I hadn't heard of before, and I can't remember what it was, but there was one I was like, man, that looks actually really good. I'm interested now, and I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, was it the like Freak Show one, the Guillermo del Toro one? That's what one? it was, yes. Yes. I was like, that looks really cool uh i i'm i'm interested in that movie because i didn't know it was coming out also next upcoming ridley scott movie house of gucci very excited for that yeah they didn't show the trailer before the movie but i know it's coming out and it has a trailer and it also has adam driver and i love me some adam driver mm-hmm. yeah it seems like uh adam driver is going to be a staple of film for a little while i'm okay with that I'm okay with the two. He's awesome. He's he's an incredible actor. Uh, yeah. Always he, he like in, in everything he's been. He's always a really standout role. Yeah. You know, I think Matt Damon gets to show. Like, I don't think he quite frequently gets to show how well he can do dramatics. Yeah, like it's 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 really interesting how how the filmmakers were able to transform these dudes from Boston into French lords and yeah. <laughs> knights. Yeah. All right. Um, I think uh, that is today's episode. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back again with a hopefully lighter episode next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, and that's a wrap. <laughs>